live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike, that's Joe. You may know him from the internet fame. Um, and me, you don't know at all. <laughs> um, we've been friends for over a decade. Each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That's what we do every single week. I have to know what's going on with you. Well, okay. Here's the thing is we, I usually, well, I don't know how you work. I usually work in chronological order. So in oh. reality, the internet story second, but I can tell it first and tell the other story second. Do you so. really always go chronological? Yeah, they do. That's so weird. Um, cool. So, do you want to do... I can do it in any order, though. I, I actually don't care at all. <laughs> oh. Uh, then let me just go in the order that I was going to do. Uh, Mike, are you, know, you know this uh, guy, Nico Martinez? Friend of the show, Nico Martinez? You know him? Yeah, him and John, uh, his husband? Yeah. They're John married, Marty. right? Yeah, they're married, officially married. John Marti and friend of the show. Oh, I guess they're both friends of the show. Friends yeah. of the show, John Marti and Nico Martinez. Well, they had invited me and invited you mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, an art show. So uh, John Marti fashions himself a uh, uh, amateur photographer. And he takes... Um, what I would tastefully call erotic male photography, he does that for a hobby. Would you call you're saying tastefully? What if you weren't being tasteful? Is it like actually? Porn? What does what does tasteful mean? Well, you're saying you're gonna tastefully call it erotic male. So if you're not gonna be tasteful when you call it something, is it like pornography? Well, what's pornography? It could be French. Are you really being dumb or? No, I'm not being dumb because this is. Well, we'll get. Let's do the story. Let's have this could conversation it, during the story. Most of it could be framed and put up in a house, whereas like a picture from like Hustler or well, like framed and put up is not totally the same. And it's not like people fucking, right? Ask me these questions when we get in the story. These are very good questions, but I feel I've, without context. Okay, they're pointless. I thought we were in the story, but no, no, okay. but, I, but we're not at that point in the story. Okay. Okay. So they have this party, and uh, by a strange coincidence, friend of the show Danny works with John Marty. Right. So he sa- he tells me he's going to the party. It's men only, by the way. And even though I don't think there is a distinction made between straight and gay men, uh, I think the actual wording was uh, men who don't mind seeing um, erotic male photography. Okay. Okay. Also coming along is friend of the show, Paul. You know, he of the... Oh, cool. Yeah, he came as well. So the first thing we do, actually, because the party doesn't start until like 8 or 8.30, I can't remember. We go have dinner at this burger place I'd heard about that by them, uh, John Marti and Nico. Yeah. I'd always wanted to go to this <laughs> burger place. So good opportunity. I'm never in that part of the of the world. Right. So we went there, and then we all take a lift 
to the home of Nico Martinez and John Marti. Okay. Right. So we go there, and I'm just, I don't know why I thought this. Maybe because John and Nico are very casual people. Um, the three of us just dress very casually. Well, as you know, Danny isn't uh, Mr. Suave art show dresser anyway. Right. So Danny showed up in like a cutoff shirt, and uh, he looked like he just walked out of like a White Snake video or the Manson family. One of the mm-hmm. two, either like he just escaped from the Manson family. Or a white snake video, sure. And uh, and then I'm dressed like the the horrible slob that I am. And then she dressed. My- Paul's actually dressed fairly nicely. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and uh, we show up right. We walk in. <laughs> but his shirt had a monogram of J on it, and I don't get it. That <laughs> <laughs> made no sense because his last name is clearly Paul. I mean, his first name is clearly Paul. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we walk in. As soon as we walk in, and if you remember from the last story, Nico and John have a beautiful backyard, and they have oh, a right. really nice deck. It's actually a yeah. multi-layered backyard. It's one of those. It has levels that go down. It's awesome, yeah. And it's awesome. With it sounds key- awesome, and it sounds like the deck is so fabulous. It deserves a party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. that I went to a party for it with the anniversary of the deck. Yeah. <laughs> and even the deck is multi-layered. There's like a small area just off. There's like a giant part of the deck. That's where most of the party is. And there's like a smaller, like um, patio-sized deck that, that's up a few stairs. Okay. So we walk into the main part of the deck, and Mike, it is just not packed, but there's about 30 uh, quaffed, well-groomed gay men in their 40s and 50s, right? Like cologne, they're tanned, slick back hair, open shirts, you know, all in shape. Half of them are realtors. (laughs) Half of them are realtors, the other one are insurance agents. And uh, we walk into this place and and paul immediately says to me like oh i feel so underdressed right right because it's like you know uh where do all like the weho boys go it's like that paula cole song where the, where did all the cowboys <laughs> go or whatever but it's all the where do the weho boys go mm-hmm. but this is where they went they now they're older and live in the same neighborhood as nico and john okay so they of course they see me they're probably fine with paul they see me and uh charlie manson you know, Danny, and they're like, "We want nothing to do with those people." They couldn't. They, Mike, they could not have cared less about us, right? right. Didn't give us the time of day. Okay, I'm sure they're nice people, but they're like, "Why am I going to talk to this fat slob and uh, murderer?" Right? Yeah. So we're relegated to that smaller patio that's up a, a few flights of stairs. And, of course, I get there, and I'm doing the Joe Batanz show now. I'm there with my friends. Um, so, so uh, John Marti, because he was doing this, this showing, he, there were 18 models in the showing. It was, it was like, so he didn't, it wasn't like pictures everywhere. They were on like a, like a little movie he made, like a slideshow, and he was going to show it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there were 18 models. Nine of them were there. And they were just floating around the place. And one of the models, this guy Chris, uh, he liked, he didn't care. And so he was talking, he actually liked us and he hung out with us. So it's the four of us on this little side patio just chit chatting away. And Joe Batanz is, you know how I am when I yeah. have an well, audience. Well, was Chris hot? Because you reserve certain material just for when hot guys are around. 
Yes, Chris was. I thought Chris was attractive. Okay. Okay. And by the way, thirty-four. Okay, that's appropriate. Yeah. So he looked nineteen. So um, <laughs> I thought he was nineteen. So then, <laughs> when you found out he was thirty-four, you stopped talking to him. Yeah, I left. <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta go by. So then, um, actually. To be honest with you, I'm doing the Joe Batan show. Of course, yeah, because Chris is there. And so I'm just like, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> oh, my next guest, you know, like a band leader. So yeah. um, all of it. So then John Marti and Nico are up there talking to us, too. And then Mike, this beautiful man walks in. Okay. He is so fucking cute. I don't want to say hot. I don't think he reached a level of hot, but he was very, very, very cute. Okay. And I was like, who the hell? Here's here's the one drawback. Maybe actually probably made him not hot. Smoking. Did he smoke? No. no. Oh, because that would no. do it for me. I, I think he was wearing like some sort of sheer tank top. And then like, you know, those like. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then, you know, like those like shiny booty shorts that Go-Go Boys wear. Why is he wearing that? Though? I don't know. He's wearing like a sheer tank top, shiny booty shorts and tennis shoes. And a boa, a feather boa. Uh, Mike, this guy's a major part of the story, so hang on tight. Okay. So I'm like, who is that? And John says, oh, you like him? That's Paul. I'll introduce you later. I'm like, please, right? Growl. So then, uh, and now it's time for the video to start. So it's very like, attention! Attention! So they start the movie, and then John plays... Uh, his slideshow of all the photographs he's taken of these 18 models. Now, go ahead and ask your questions. I can answer them here. Okay, so are they pornographic? And once again, I have to ask you. I'll tell you this, and then you tell okay, me. Okay, let me, let me be more Okay. Let me be clear. Were there erect penises? Yes. Were any of the erect penises touching other humans? Like, yes. not the owner? Oh, so that is kind of pornographic, then, I would say. There were cum shots. Oh, shit. That's pornographic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, but the why do I you ha- say tasteful? Is it, like, black and white? Well, I would say, apart from the porn, uh, apart from the cum shots... <laughs> no, they're not in black and white. Apart from the cum shots, uh, you don't really see penetration. There's the, the hint... Well, penetrating the mouth, but you don't see anything penetrating the butt. Okay. Okay. So... Could somebody, hypothetically, could somebody frame them and have them in their hallway? Yeah, I guess if you worked at a gay porn studio. Uh, like, not, I'm not saying would Betty Batanz have them in her no. house, but like. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're done in that fashion. Maybe imagine like artsy porn. Okay. Not all of them are like that, by the way. There's just like one set that had literally cum shots and fucking and. and but it what. wasn't like raunchy porn website pictures, it was classier than that. It was a mix, I would say. If you logged into your favorite porn site and those were the pictures, would you be disappointed? Well, they don't have the same feel as that. You know, the yeah. same, when you go to your porn site, it has a very raw... Yeah. Like, these are done like this. Somebody in this situation is getting taken advantage of. I like my porn being a little bit uncomfortable for one person. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one is, the. it's almost like, imagine like someone went to a photo studio and then made porn there. Right. 
Like, if you looked at those on a porn site, you'd be like, it looks like these guys are happy to be there. Yes. <laughs> they, they chose to be there. They don't have that. Which, you know what's so funny? Talking about porn. There's this one porn site that I like. And I, I, I struggle with this porn site because I would say half of them, the guys look happy to be there. But then the other half, they just look dead in their eyes. They're just, right. just like. They're just there to get, like, one more hit of meth or something. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that plays, and we all have a nice time, and everyone applauds, you know? Yay. Cool. Was So you guys ate before, so the, this wasn't a dinner thing? It was No, no, they had little dinner. snacks. And, which, by the way, I forget that on previous, and it must, everyone there was, to further the Joe Batanz is a slob uh, thing, uh, Nico and John kept saying to me in front of all these guys, these well-coiffed guys, Joe, we, ha- we made sure to have Doritos for you. We know how much you love Doritos. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you sure do love Doritos. Too bad I ate already. I'd be eating those Doritos because I'm a big fat slob who loves Doritos. Yeah. So now that the, the party's over and everyone dissipates back to their original cool corner and the nerd corner. So now we're back in the nerd corner and we're get Joe Batant's talk show resumes. A few minutes in, uh, Danny nudges me, elbows me, and goes, get a load of this and i look over at the large deck and paul now is shirtless your friend paul or no 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 no, the 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 booty shorts guy okay his name's paul as well as your friend is also named paul oh yeah weird um i wonder why you didn't think of that when you were there i know i really didn't actually how weird how strange and that two people with the same name were standing right there so um so we'll call them booty shorts. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I, I got to think of a different name for him. Why don't we call him Kevin? Okay. Kevin, now, can you get a load of this? Now, Kevin, booty shorts Kevin, it, no shirt, no booty shorts. Oh, wow. Just a jock strap? Okay. Right? And so at this point, any attraction that I have to Kevin now is just gone. Because I'm like, what a fucking attention whore, right? And yeah. of course, all the creepy gay men are just do, flitting around. Like it's like Mike, it's like paparazzi are around him. They're just like right. all swarmed around him, and he's just like, t- I'm I, in my imagination actually, I'm seeing flashes go off. You know, like you're like, like you're like that's disgusting. Such an attention whore. Okay, back to me and my good story. And I'm juggling, that I have. yeah, I'm juggling, <laughs> and like I start swallowing fire. Yeah. Then I see John Marty gra- go to the group, like cut through the group like Moses. Okay, grab uh, Kevin by the wrist, walk him up the stairs, and I'm sitting in like patio furniture, doing my show, my shtick. Mm-hmm. Walks him over to me and he goes, Joe, I know you wanted to meet Kevin here. Kevin, this is Joe. And I go, oh, hi, nice to meet you, right? And he goes, nice to meet you. And then now he's in his like jock strap, which by the way, and I did, I just how I started talking to him, barely functioned as a jock strap. Barely functioned. It was like sheer, like it was, it was, it, this is not a, a, something like, um, you know, Pete Rose wasn't wearing this jock strap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So I like how to- Pete Rose is like the athlete you go to when you're trying to think of an athlete. <laughs> uh-huh. So anyway, so now I'm in, I'm in one of those big patio, like the ones with the big pillows, like those kind of, of chairs, right? And Kevin, 
he sits on the arm of the uh, chair and he has his arm around like my shoulder. Not my shoulder, but like above it, like right around me, but not really touching me, right? Right. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And so he's then- sitting there in a jockstrap, so his butt is exposed. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So then, uh, of course, I'm like, uh, hey, <laughs> shtick, you know? And uh, now, I'm, now I'm doing the full-on Joe Batanz talk show, and I'm interviewing him. And actually, I'll be honest with you. Kevin is a very, 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 very nice guy and a very good talk show guest, right? Good. Uh, we found out that he is from Houston. And then he moved to Las Vegas, and he was in the Donnie and Marie show for six years before coming to L.A. Okay? To follow and his dreams. I'm sure one of your starter questions, oh, you're from Houston. How's the barbecue in Houston? I think we did talk about for, the barbecue. For 20 minutes, let's talk about barbecue. Mike, everyone was so entertained, right? <laughs> and so then we we'll go we go back to this jock strap, and he goes, honestly, I don't ever, I, I, didn't, I only wear the jock strap just to come here tonight. I actually usually don't wear underwear. And I was like, okay. Mike, within under a minute, that jockstrap was off. Now he's fully nude. Completely nude. Is he wearing shoes? He's wearing shoes. Okay. That that freaks me out. Like, that is a mind fuck for me. Shoes and then nothing else? But shoes, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Completely. With, like, giant kid-like tennis shoes, by the way. Okay. Now he's completely nude, right? Yeah. And standing now, there. at this point, do you still think he's hot? Where are you at on that? Because I know you're maybe thinking like, oh, I don't want to date this guy or anything like that. But you, he walked in and you thought he was hot. You thought, oh, yeah. I could put it in there. Yeah. Well, there were a couple of things now that I got a closer look. I mean, no, he was still very cute. Um, he doesn't have the ability to grow a beard, which has nothing wrong with that, right? But yeah, either I stay- date Asian men a lot, so yeah. I understand that. So stay clean shaven. Right, but it looks like he was trying to grow a beard because beards ah, are hot right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it was all patchy. Yeah. Other than that, though, everything was perfect. I'll be honest with you, everything was perfection. And I'm gonna tell you something. He looks 24 and he's 29. Kay. Okay. Uh, he looks great. I'm gonna give him that. You know, if you're gonna, if you have that body, flaunt it. Okay, but maybe not at a party, and I don't know. Right. Yeah, but this wasn't like at your mom's. No retirement you're right. party. You're right. I just watched you know a guy get come shot in his face. Right. You're right. So, <laughs> if you're gonna get naked at a party, it's a good one to get naked at. Yeah. So then, uh, now listen to this. And so now he's naked and he's very cute. Mike, Mike, how weird! All of the guys who were ignoring us were all of a sudden <laughs> on the deck where we were. All of a sudden, now I have a gigantic audience, and they're all interested in everything I have to say because Paul. I'm sorry, because Kevin will only talk to me. I think, now I don't think it's because I'm cute. I think it's because I'm charismatic and I was giving him what he wanted. I was giving him an outlet for him to get the attention. Does that right. make sense? I want to talk about myself and this guy's asking me a lot of questions. And, and he's good at it. Talk about yeah. Himself. yeah. 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 He's making, yeah. So he's all about me. Attention on me, right? So of course they're all there. So I'm doing the Joe Batanz talk show again, this, and they're all interviewed. It's a whole show now, right? And then at some point, because I don't know why he would do this, because the attention was on him. Oh, before I say this, because this is important to the story, and I don't really know how to sell this. It's something I've tried and when I've told the story this week to sell, and I don't know how. As weird as this sounds, there was a naked guy standing next to me, and I was doing a talk show. Maybe it's because of the talk show or because I was sort of uncomfortable about it. It was actually strangely sweet and innocent, and it didn't seem, you almost forgot that he was naked. Does that make sense? Because he wasn't, he didn't care that he was naked. And I was ignoring that he was naked. And so, 
there was something playful about it. I wouldn't say innocent, but playful about it. There, it, it didn't. It, it wasn't creepy. I'll say it wasn't creepy. Does that make sense? Uh, it, okay. I understand the words you said, but I yeah, don't. I know, and I I know, I know, and I don't know how to express that. I haven't been able to because it, it's important to the story. You'll hear why in a second. So I'm sitting there, and you know, at this point, Kevin is standing next to me, naked. Maybe he doesn't want to get splinters on his butt from the patio furniture. Who knows, right? <laughs> and again, I'm talking to him, so I don't know why he felt maybe the attention wasn't on him, but he grabs my hand, my left hand, slaps it on his chest, runs it all down his body, and then puts it on his dick. And now I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do here. I go, I don't know what, I'm, but of course I'm, I'm thinking this, but I'm saying like, what do you want me to do with this thing? Huh? What do you want me to do? And he goes, I don't know. Try and get me hard or something like that. Right. I'm all like, Oh, try and get you hard. When I'm, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to do. So Mike, he goes, uh, I go, you know, you know what? I'm not, I'm not a porn star. I'm a comedian. Right. And I take his dick. No, no. I use it as a microphone and do a comedy show. Okay. I thought you were. For a second, I thought you were going to say as, like, a, a cigar. Oh, like, no. So, I guess it's a little bit better. <laughs> no, use the microphone, like, hey, hello, hello, ladies and germs. Oh, hey, I flew in today. Boy, my arm's tired, right? I'm doing, like, a whole comedy, shticky comedy show. But his dick is at the micro, like, a microphone, right? And I'm going to tell you something. I guess the visual of it, people were in fucking stitches. The whole deck was laughing. I was like, ah, <laughs> Like laughing hysterically, I'm telling dumb jokes. I do a Jerry Seinfeld impression. I'm like, who are these people? Why is there a penis in my face? Uh-huh. People are crying laughing, right? So then I'm done with that, right? And he was like, at some point, he goes like, yeah, I, I wish I was hard. I wish you guys could see it hard. He's like, then he gets my hand, puts it back on his dick, because now he saw that that killed. And he's using it, try, he's like trying to get the jack off. And, and as we know, I don't like hand job. I don't like giving hand jobs. I don't like getting hand jobs. And I tell him this. I go, look, I'm not a big fan of the hand job. And I pull my hand away. Right? Yeah. Then he turns to that guy that the other model I thought was hot, Chris. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to try? And Chris is like, oh, no, it's okay. He kind of passes, right? Well, sitting next to Chris was one of the gay men who ignored us. Right? Now, I'm like, let me tell you about this guy. And I'm going to try and say in a way it's not mean. Right? You ever seen the movie Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to not be mean. Remember okay. Mola Ram? No. The evil guy that Oh, that pulls the hearts out? Yeah. Yeah. Mike, he looked like Mola Ram. Okay. Or like Alex Luther. Okay. Okay. He just grabs uh Kevin. He brings him over to him and Kevin's like, you know, Kevin loves attention. He's like, Yeah, come over here, man. Yeah, I'll get you fucking. But by the way, when it was going on over here, when it was going on, he was like already saying under his breath, like, Yeah, take his dick. Yeah, man. Oh, I'd love to fucking suck on that thing, you know? Yeah. And everyone just ignored that, right? He just grabs him and he starts giving Kevin a hand job, like right there. And everyone's just like, What? And then Mike, he starts blowing Kevin. <laughs> and you just sit and you're like, uh Well no, that's why that's why I wanted to tell you about the party is at that moment, boom, it went to creepy. And ev- then the party just fucking just was like party foul. Right? And like it just it was like then the lights turned off, you know, and everyone just went back to their corners. In fact, that was the moment where my friend Paul 
mm-hmm. said, I think we should call the lift now and go home. <laughs> so I call the lift. You he know? looks at his watch, which it, or he looks at his wrist, which doesn't have a watch on it. And he's like, yeah. man, you guys. Yeah. We gotta uh, get you going. see what time it is? So that's when I call the lift. And the lift gets there right away. And uh, now I will say for Kevin, Kevin was like, I think because he liked the attention, was trying to be into it. But then he was looking back and it was like, how oh, do I get out of this? You know, because the guy's just blowing him. And so, I don't know, it was super awkward. And so then um, the lift gets there and we say our goodbyes and we leave, right? Okay. We get in this lift car and, we, of course, we haven't been able to talk about this, right? We've all been there. <laughs> so, and it's like a, a fat, old Mexican lady is driving the car. Uh-huh. Okay. And so we, you know, we want to be respectful. So we just gonna, oh, that was quite the party, you know. Oh. And so we're just driving down, driving away. And she goes, at some point, maybe for directions or whatever, I try talking, and she goes, oh, um, no, so no hablo inglés. Puedes decir en español. And I was Why like, she she drives Lyft and doesn't speak English. Isn't that really difficult? I guess. And I go, oh, and so I struggled. Like I'm the worst Spanish speaker ever. And right. I struggled to tell her where to go. But you could have talked about the party the whole time. Well, we did. So I go, oh, well, this fucking, she doesn't speak English. So I'm just like, come shot. Oh, come in my eye. And then there's his fucking schlong in my hand. And you know, this guy's sucking on his cock. You know, it looks like fucking Mole Ram from Indiana Jones. And, and then all that. Oh, did you see those pictures? And the cum shot was in his face, man. That was hot. And blah, 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 right? Yeah. And then we get to my car. And she goes, all right, guys, thanks. Have a good time. Have a good night. Like, totally spoke English? <laughs> oh, well, she's heard worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So, yeah, that was my uh, Saturday night at, at the home of John Marti and Nico Martinez. That sounds fun. I don't remember what names I used. <laughs> like, what are their names for real? Okay, those are their names. Okay. So it sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, what's going on with you? Well, not too much. I mean, last week it was a really boring week for me. Um, so I tried to like think of stories, but I didn't have much. We went to, um, Steve and I went to the Golden Gate Bridge and we walked across it. I forgot about that. Yeah. So me and my friend Jennifer, uh, and Steve, my boyfriend, went to, uh, uh, Golden Gate Bridge and walked across it. But first, Joey, we went, North San Francisco is like, I know San Francisco is tiny, but like, Every little neighborhood has its own character, and I'm sure there's an L.A. equivalent to this, but I can't really think of it. Um, It's just a lot of people in workout clothes on a Saturday morning, even though most of them don't go to the gym. Lots of dogs, lots of, like, expensive coffee and that sort of thing. So Steve and I uh, go up to the marina, which is North San Francisco, early. Um, We were going to grab coffee before we uh, met up with Jennifer. Mm Mm-hmm. And are you still there? I'm here. I'm listening. Oh. And we go to this place called Plant Cafe. And the Steve goes to the bathroom and I order us two lattes. Steve gets a soy latte and that mine's regular. And we pay. We go. I pay. We go outside. We sit down, right? But at, when we sit down, I'm noticing everyone around us has numbers on their table. Like they were given a number and yeah. we weren't. But I thought, well, maybe because we just got coffee, they don't have a number. I don't know. So we're sitting there. I'm kind of keeping an eye on the front. But like when the ladies who were in front of us in line got their food and left, I was like, oh, I should go check on ours because it's been 15 minutes at this point. And I'm not exaggerating. Like that's a long time to wait for coffee, I think. So I get up to see what's up. 
And there's this one employee who kind of sees me looking and he's annoyed that I'm like looking, you could tell. And he asked me what I was looking for. And I was like, oh, we ordered coffee. We've been waiting for a while. I just didn't know where I'm supposed to pick that up. And he's like, we bring it to your table. And he kind of started to turn around. And yeah. I was like, because I, I didn't get a number. And so, and he's like, oh, you must have ordered it to go. And I was like, oh, I think maybe I did. And he's like, well, then we're just going to call your name out when it's ready. And at this point, I'm angry because nobody took my name. Nobody took my name. Nobody gave me a number. It just is very unclear. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting like a little bit angry. I'm pissed because I'm like, nobody took my name. And he just, he clearly heard me and he exhales and he uh, turns around. Yeah, this guy. And he goes back behind the counter and forgets me. So I go back to Steve and I tell him kind of like what's happening. And I'm walking back and forth to kind of see where it's at. And I'm not even joking. It's like pushing a half an hour since I paid for this coffee. And um, when I go back in the restaurant, I notice that the guy who doesn't like me is now behind the espresso machine wait question so, the guy who doesn't like you is he hot yeah he was kind of cute i don't think he would be your type but oh really oh okay um yeah he looked over 30 so ew <laughs> so i um kind of stand near the espresso machine because i know that he's probably making my drink and then finally he yells out mike two lattes and <laughs> Wait, so I what? Guess I, How did he know your name? I guess I gave it to them when I ordered, but uh, I was okay. like, I was so pissed when he was like, uh, then we'll call out your name. And I was like, nobody took my fucking name. And oh, then, you told him that? I thought you were just thinking that. Oh, no. I said, nobody took my name. I didn't say oh. fucking name. But I was like, nobody took my name. And then he didn't like argue with me. He just went and did them. And then he made sure to call out my name when it was time. Oh. Um, but then we walked to the Golden Gate Bridge, which is... Uh, nice. It was kind of like overcast and cool, which was uh, surprising because it's been so hot up here recently. Um, and it's a pretty, sh- it's a short walk. It's like less than two miles. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all my story, really. Did you get tired? Did you walk over to a friend of the show, Adam Vaught's house? No, you would have to go through the tunnel. Oh, it doesn't go all the way through there. Yeah. And I don't know which boat he's in anymore. <laughs> I know I could get to his old house at the marina. Yeah. What about you? What's up in L.A.? I'm, I'm dying to know this next story. Well, okay. So then, you know, on Sunday, I went to uh, to the Mexican Independence Day parade in East L.A. with my cousin Richard. Do you remember a year ago I went and I got accidentally got caught in the parade? I do. Yeah, totally. So what happened, <laughs> what we learned last year was that uh, the parade route ends at the intersection of Richard Street and Cesar Chavez Boulevard. And then what it does, it goes up Richard's block to all the floats, like, disembark there. And all the marching band, that's where they just they just get off the parade route. But there's no audience, there's no crowd. It's just there just to get off the parade. So Richard and I noticed last year, like, wait a minute. We should just sit on your porch and watch the parade go by there. And get, like, the best seats and not have to deal with the crowds and the heat and everything. So uh, we're like, yeah, let's do that. So that's what we did. We sat on Richard's porch. And we would see, you know, the open cars come by. And now then actually you get to see them in more candid, you know, you get to see the mayor of Los Angeles, but he's just sort of hanging out because he's going down the street trying to get out. Right. So most of the time it was just the band, you know, they had their instruments down. If it was a marching band, they weren't like marching anymore. It was just like, but for some reason I could see it coming up the street. There was a float with mariachis on it. <laughs> They're singing away. 
there's no week. There's nobody on this street. Mm-hmm. So I take out my phone and I'm just gonna film them drive across the my screen. That's my. I think that'd be kind of funny to see them drive across the screen singing. Well, by so we we filmed this for some reason. Then they're singing and they stop right in front of Richard's house, and then they just finish their song. So I film it and I just figure, I'll just. Put it up on Facebook, and it'll make my friends laugh. I also put it on Reddit because maybe I'll get a, a, a few, a little, a, a little bit of karma, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I put it on uh, YouTube like at eight in the morning, like right when I woke up, and I put it on Reddit around that time too. And whatever, go about my life, get hoping to get some likes, right? In fact, Richard had posted a video of me dancing, right? Yeah, and it was cute too. Thank, strangely, thank you. Strangely, that got a lot of love on Facebook, like. I had friends who were telling me that they would get like suggestions to watch this video and it had the view count. It was like <laughs> almost 2,000 views. I don't know who's watching this video, but they were on Facebook watching it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, look at that. Richard getting some love, right? So I just went about my day. I was just ignoring it. And then uh, I'm just doing my shit. And then I get this email uh, on my phone and it's, it's from break.com. And they say, we'll give you $100. Uh, and split the revenue with you 60-40 in your favor if you let us license your video. But I remember I was doing something, so I was like, I don't know what this drama is. Yeah. So I had to make some phone calls. I had to call a mom, uh, an SAT mom. And you know how it is. It was it, it was really just to schedule the next class. Mike, I was on the phone with her for 45 minutes. She was like, and then she knows she had the South summer. She went to a camp for sailors, and she was really responsible. And the and the coach was even saying everything. I'm like, ugh. Meanwhile, as I'm talking to her, I'm getting emails from Break.com saying, "Hello, hello. Did you get my email? I really need to talk to you." And I'm like, you know, what? I need a hundred bucks. It's not bad, right? Yeah. And this woman wants up, so I'm getting actually kind of very frustrated. I'm thinking like, you know, this is the internet. Offers like this are are ephemeral. They're not going to last long. You know, he's going to get over it. I'm going to lose out on a hundred bucks. Finally, I hang up with her. I, and I try calling him back and I can't get reception in my house. Like I'm trying and it, it just won't. You know when the iPhone just says dialing and it doesn't do anything? So I'm really frustrated. I'm, I'm trying to run around the house to get the best signal, you know? And then I get an email from another company, Jukin Media. And they're like, We'll offer you five hundred dollars and a seventy thirty revenue seventy thirty revenue split to let us license this video. Wait, what? So f- waiting, you you just you probably should buy a present for this mom. I know, seriously, she really helped me out. So then I I uh, I, I finally get a hold of Break dot com and I go, listen. He goes, did you get my email? I go, yeah, but I just got an email from Jukin and they're offering me five hundred. And he goes, <laughs> we'll match it. And I go, okay. And he goes, I'll go send over the contract and I'll sign it. So I'm, he sends over the contract, and I'm reading it, and now I get a, a, a phone call from Jukin. How do they get your number? I had told her. Oh. I said, I'm going to call, call break.com back, but if it doesn't work out, you can call me here. I get a phone call from her, and I'm read, while I'm reading the contract, and she goes, uh, hey, Joe, what happened? And I go, uh, they sent me a contract. They matched your offer. She goes, I'll give you $1,500 and a $70,000 useful <gasps> in your favor. Okay. And I go, oh, uh, she goes, I'm sending over the contract now. And hangs up. 
Okay. Right? So then I'm like, this is, it's all happening very quickly. Because also in the meanwhile, I'm getting more and more emails from other media companies. <gasps> like, How many boom, views boom, at this boom, point boom. does the video have? This is what's like, really funny. It'll become interesting later. Maybe like 150. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, I understand though. Okay. Because so, a, a YouTube video view doesn't necessarily match real time. Okay. So it's not like one view and it automatically shows one view. Oh, okay. Because they try to make sure that you're not a weird video that's gaming the system. Oh, I see. So then I'm just getting boom, 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 bing, 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 just offer. I mean, it's just like maybe 12 media companies total are trying to get a hold yeah. of me. Right. So now I call Breakback, or I can't remember they called me back, and I go, listen, they just offered me $1,500 and uh, 70-30 revenue split. And he goes, okay, well, let me, I, he's, I'm not going to match that, but I'll tell you this. They're giving you an advance, okay? They're giving you an advance of $1,500, meaning they're going to need to make their $1,500 back before you see any revenue split, Okay. I'll give you the 500, but that's going to be a bonus. And then you split the revenue dollar one. Right. He goes, but I need to know really soon. You got to tell me very like now I go, well, I can't, I go, I need it. I need to read these things. Right. I need it. I, it's, it's happening so fast. So then I call friend of the show, Chris and his brother, not his brother, his cousin is an entertainment attorney as well. Well, he's not an entertainment attorney, but his cousin is. I go, listen, if I need to, I, this is happening. I tell him what's happening. He goes, okay, okay. And he asks me questions. And what it comes down to is, um, as long as I retain ownership of the video, it really is just what my gut feeling is, you know? And so at, in my gut, it was just money talks bullshit. Oh, by the way, I'm talking on the phone so long to Chris. Ruby from Jukin calls and she goes, I'll make it $2,000. So now we're up to $2,000, and um, I go, you know what? At the end of the day, money talks, bullshit walks. I don't I don't consider myself an expert in show business, but I know enough about show business to know that with this, like, revenue shit, you know, like when they say, like, oh, an, uh, an actor gets a share of the revenue, they never see anything because they have that fancy Hollywood accounting where they hide everything so it doesn't, mm -hmm. there's never a profit. I go... That's probably what's going to happen here. I'll probably see no penny. I'll see no money after the 500. I'll see no money after the 2000. So I'll just go with the 2000. So I went with the 2000 and Jukin Media now licenses uh, the video. And what was shocking to me, because I was just thinking, what do they What do they want this video? You know, like people, once I made the deal, people were calling me like, oh my God, Joe, Joe, it's, it's, it's a 10,000 views, right? Mm -hmm. It's at 14,000 views, you know? Um, have you checked? Do you know what it is as of right now? Um, as of this moment, it's 1,201,971 views. Isn't that fucking <laughs> cr crazy? Yeah. It's and it was uploaded four days ago. Four days ago? And then it's been on TMZ? Yeah. And front page of Reddit? Front page of... Yeah, that's, that's the other thing, too. Like, I, that's another weird thing, is I was getting phone calls from people I went to college with, and I haven't heard from college. Phone calls and emails going like, dude, you're on the front page of Reddit, <laughs> right? And uh -huh. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. And Which was also one of my, my... I never had a bucket list to be a YouTube video viral, but I did have a bucket list to be on the front page of Reddit. Yeah. And it was the the YouTube thing was so crazy that that was just sort of seemed that just sort of went aside. But yeah, I'm now I'm in the I got accepted into this club where it's a special subreddit for only people who've been on the front page of Reddit <laughs> called the Eternity Club. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Mike, and I just think this video is such nothing. 
It's so weird. It's really kind of ridiculous that it got this much attention. I think it's cool, but it is kind of just a silly... I guess that's why it's gotten so much attention. Um, But you're also not stupid in the way that you phrased it. What was the headline on Reddit that you chose? Well, that's actually important. So on Reddit, I uh, said, I live in East LA, and this stuff happens in front of my house all the time. Right. Somebody said to me, like, or a couple of people actually said to me, you don't live in East L.A. And I was like, look, I'm not going to tell the – like, that's – okay, here's my headline. My cousin lives in East L.A. I was visiting him. And we yeah. were in front of him. was like, you just have to be like, this is what right. happened, you know? And so I just – yeah. And so it's funny you say that. So there were some comments – I think you were the one that told me this or somebody else were, that were like, you know, I came here expecting to see uh, – like a gang fight or a drive-by shooting, and I was pleasantly surprised that mm. it was just a mariachi float, and this made my day. Right. And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people would say, like, I'm smiling, this makes me smile, this makes me so happy. So, you know, uh, I think people just wish, cause again, the, like I said earlier, the way that the video, just by pure luck, this is not by design, by pure luck, it just appears as if a quiet neighborhood had a mariachi float just come <laughs> down the street with mariachi singing and stop in front of this house. And no, so I think- Joey, you're kind of downplaying it. You are taping this quiet street. The mariachi uh, band doesn't just float into uh, front of the house. It floats into frame, stops within frame, then floats out of frame. Like, it's pretty perfect. Well, Richard actually said, and this is sort of interesting, he's like, because Richard's been fascinated about this on many levels. But one of them, and it was really interesting, it was like, he was like, it's funny how you can film something with right there at the same time. Because he was filming too. And just because two different people are holding the cameras and what they find important, mm. it changes the whole thing. So what Richard did was Richard focused the camera on the mariachi float and it would fall and it followed the mariachi float. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas I kept it stationary on an empty street and let it come into frame, which right. makes it funnier. You know, he's <laughs> it's like, you- totally funny. And there's even copycats. I showed that was my comment was like, you know, you've made it when there's these people that are copying it. Well, yeah, that was another weird part of it too, because there's like this weird who take the name and they did other weird things to it too. Yeah, that was super, super, super strange. It still seems very surreal and like it didn't really happen. And um, have you received a check yet from Junk Media or whatever? The $2,000? Oh, I was paid yeah. in like two hours. Oh, good. Yeah. So everything's settled. Um, yeah. No, that's done. But everyone's like, oh, are you going to see? I, I, look, I'm not. I'm sure that they deal with that all the time. These people who think they're going to just roll in the bank with all their money. Right. I'm smart enough to realize I'm never You're probably seen, done. They, right. they, could, they could have said, we'll give you 100% of the revenue because <laughs> there's going to be zero revenue. Right. You know? You're probably pretty much done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Well, but also I figured out afterwards I did research and because um, I, I, I was second guessing myself afterwards because I was thinking like, ah, should I have just gone with the 500? And in doing the research, I learned that these YouTube partners, um, they make between anywhere between two and five dollars for every thousand views. So a million views is a thousand, one thousand views. Okay. So at, even in the worst case scenario, two dollars times a thousand is two thousand dollars they made their money back and so we're just shot we're just a little over um a million views so it, they haven't made so much money that the 70 30 revenue split would be crazy you know that'd be oh right. i'll probably get ten dollars if they actually did it 
So, and if you read the contract, they have the language in there that shows you where they're going to bury it. Because they're like, oh, you know, 70-30 revenue split after all um, fees are included for promoting and marketing and distributing, right. you know. And you're like, okay, we're never seeing that money. Right. But that's why it was smarter because the other company was going to do the same thing. Yeah. So. You got it. Yeah. But, you know, my biggest regret, as I told you, was I, but again, I didn't know it was going to go viral. I thought it was going to make, you know, 20 people laugh and that's it. Well, I should have, imagine if I, imagine if I would have put uh, catching, get, get, download catching up the podcast. Yeah. But I'm, the thing is, is when somebody's cooking, let's say from Reddit or TMZ, they don't care about a podcast. So, like, yeah. maybe eyes will see it, but. It could, I think more often than not, would just fall on eyes. But Mike, not, hold on actually. for a second. I mean, I have to do some math, but I think even like 0.1% of a million is like 10,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like we, it, I wouldn't beat yourself up over it too I'm much. I'm not beating myself up over it, but it's so funny. Because yeah. also, here's the thing. If, if that happened, it would mean a lot. We would have to actually, I'd have to spend $2,000 on bandwidth. Right. So. Right, right, right. That's how we talk. That, that's how we, we rationalize it. Yeah, we, do, we don't want that kind of. Yeah, we don't want that. We just like it the way it is. We just like our, our little audience. You know, the, we like it to be very personal. Yeah. So. What else is going on with you, Mike Lawson? Well, Joey, remember this thing I was doing in Sacramento where I was, it's a smartphone app. Um, oh, yeah, I'm consulting. Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. all this? yeah. So the group of us that are getting paid to consult on this um, project um, are – I'm the youngest by probably 10 years. Um, well, yeah, I like remember that being a problem seven. before too. Yeah. So um, over email, since our last meeting, they're like, hey, guys, we're going to uh, – we got two new members and um, we were trying so hard to bring the age average down a little bit um, and just get it a little more diverse so I was like, there's going to be somebody that, like, is going to be my best friend, like, or um, someone attractive that will be fun to, like, sit and talk to, kind of like you at a party. And uh, we show up at the meeting, and one of the guys is, I'm not even joking, Santa Claus looking, like, really big old white guy with a uh-huh. long white beard. Yeah. Um, well, didn't and- you say they said they wanted someone younger and more diverse? Well, that was a one of the desires, but that's not who they found okay. yet. And then the other guy was this older Irish man who has like a facial tick, and um, his basically his jaw goes from side to side the whole time he's talking. Uh. So there's nothing hot or uh, about these guys. There's nothing really even I have in common with them from what I could tell so far, but that's kind of not the story I want to tell story is when I was coming home from Sacramento this last week, um, I get on a BART train at, uh, Richmond and it's a crowded BART train. And, um, on the same car that I'm in on the other side of the train though, this guy starts cursing and kind of, it started slow, like kind of, um, I like I thought I heard it and I like had to pause my music to see if I was really hearing what I thought it was but then it started getting louder and more aggressive and he was saying um basically he was like all I'm saying is if you're gonna be in America you should fucking speak English (gasps) right and it's getting like more and more aggressive but I'm not hearing anyone like yell back at him but it's also so busy that I can't see like who he's talking to 
And like I said, it's aggressive, but also like maybe he's mentally not all there, right? Uh-huh. And um, nobody's like saying anything back that I could hear. But he starts getting really crude too, just like a lot of curse words and fucking fu- and aggressive, like he's gonna fucking punch you and fucking fuck fuck fuck, right? So fuck this, fuck that, all of this, right? He's really pissed that someone wasn't speaking English, and then a woman next to me, she gets on her phone and she calls the Bart police, and you could tell because she's like naming off the train, the the number of on the train, the train ID number, and all of this. So in my head, I'm kind of like, okay, that's nice of her to do. But then the guy on the other side of me, he's so pissed at this woman. He's like, I got places to be and the police are going to stop our train. And then I was like, yeah, I don't want the police to stop the train. But then I also like am cheering for the, it's just very tense and awkward. And we pull up to the stop before my stop. And I'm sort of hoping that the BART police are there and they'll pull the guy out. But then I'm also sort of hoping that the BART police are not there and they'll just let me go home. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So luckily the doors close. The guy on my right, he's like, yes. And I'm I'm agreeing with him. And then. um, But the the crazy guy is still on the on the train. Still on the train, still being really aggressive. And we pull up to my stop and I get up to exit and as I get up the loud guy is also getting up to get off as well and uh, the doors open and he's making a big scene just kind of like yelling at nobody and like he keeps having like second thoughts and he's like ah and he turns around and yells more at the train and everybody's getting sick of him but Joey he's standing between me and the door and I'm afraid the doors are going to close and I'll be stuck on the train but I'm also excuse like me. not willing. Yeah, I'm not willing to go like, uh, excuse me, sir. Can I get off the train? And luckily, there was these two women that exited and they were clearly lesbians. And as they were exiting, um, they beat the, the shit out of him. No, he kind of <laughs> they didn't push him, but he I don't he maybe he was drunk or something. But like them walking by him, he had to like move back to like focus and he kind of stumbled and then he's like, goodbye, Dykes. And then... <laughs> Which is one, the name of my new podcast, by the way. That fucker, Dykes. he stole my name. Yeah, goodbye, Dykes. <laughs> and then one of the lesbians, she's like, adios, like to make him mad. She said it in Spanish. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you. And when he yelled, fuck you, he lunged forward, which gave me enough room to get off the train. But then when he lunged forward, there was a guy on uh, that was walking his bike and he pushed the bike accidentally and this bike guy was not having any of it he picked up his bike joey and using both of his hands holding his bike pushed the guy back into the train and then the guy fell back into the train and then the doors closed (laughs) this is like like a like an episode of like uh like a snapshot of san francisco or the bay area like crazy <laughs> guy lesbian a- aggressive guy on a bike um, seriously person who calls the police and an annoyed computer Fuck the china no uh go home china no more chinese no more chinese <laughs> a racist crazy guy. yeah like all those it's like it's like all it's like a microcosm of the bay area but what would you do like let's say somebody i call the saying- police as, as everyone knows me I am Mr. Call the Police. I'm constantly calling the police. Somebody says something that's so offensive, but they're also like clearly mentally not stable. Do yeah, you, a, I'm you the get police. into it? You just call the police. You don't say anything. 
what am I going to say to him? No, I'm not going to engage him. I'm going to call the police. And and my logic isn't necessarily telling him. It's like he's clearly in distress. Yeah. And he needs help. And so I'm going right. to call the police. And he might say something to the wrong person who's going to kick his ass. And he doesn't, if he's mentally unstable, he doesn't deserve that either. He's clearly in, in medical, he needs some medical attention, and I'm going to call the police. That's it. Yeah. I've, I've done it many times uh, on crazy people, on homeless people. I've called the police several times. Yeah. I'm con- Mercedes makes fun of me. Friend of the show, Mercedes, makes fun of me for how often I call the police. <laughs> I'm constantly well, on the phone with the police. I'm curious what we, you would do in this situation, Joey. Um, call the police. San Francisco oh. house sitter yeah. rents out someone else's apartment on Airbnb. So, uh, these two guys, John and Ed, who I'm assuming are homosexual. Do you think so? Yeah, because, you know, I've read this story, and uh, the story that I read didn't identify their names. It just said the couple. And so, I'm uh, assuming that they're that then for sure that they're a couple. So, John and Ed were approaching Black Rock Desert on the way to <laughs> wait, Burning Man. Wait, hold on for a second. I hope it, there's a detail there that might actually put it over the top. Let me see if you mention it. Go ahead. Uh, John and Ed were approaching Black Rock Desert on the way to Burning Man when the email arrived from a friend. Thanks for letting us stay in your apartment this weekend. John. Oh. <laughs> John looked at his husband in confusion. <laughs> maybe they're gay if they're husbands. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe um, I just want a tax break. <laughs> there must be some mistake. They had left their San Francisco apartment with their professional house sitter. No, it's definitely your house, your car, your wedding photos, your cats said his friend, we found it on Airbnb. In what is just the latest symptom of San Francisco's overheated property market, John and Ed discovered that their house sitter had rented out their apartment while they were away, charging $2,000 for five days. Worse still, Ed had found the house sitter on trustedhousesitters.com. Um, so, I mean, that's the gist of the story. They found out that this guy, this house sitter that they found was also renting it and they felt very violated and upset. Um, this is a quote. He told our friends that they were, there was a misunderstanding between us, but there's no way I told them he could go ahead and make $2,000 for himself. Um, what do you think about this? I mean, in a way, what if... I don't know. Like, well, it's so funny because this story makes so much more sense now. Like I said, the original story that I read didn't identify who the people in the couple were, so I just I just assumed uh, with my uh, straight bias that it was a straight couple. Yeah. But in the story mentioned, like, and they were really upset that uh, the guy, the house sitter, moved their cardboard, their life size cardboard cutout of some One Direction guy to the basement. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, that's a, that's a weird. Part of the story, right? Yeah. And so uh, now it makes sense. Oh, yeah, these homosexuals. Come on. Why would I, maybe they're being ironic? Why would a married couple have a, a One Direction cardboard cutout? Yeah. Gay married couple, though, makes total 100% sense. Um, here's the other thing, too, though. These guys, the, the married couple, kind of assholes, and I'll tell you why. They have these friends who are obviously good enough friends to know what their house looks like and have their phone number. And they're like, we're going to Burning Man for a week. Let me pay somebody rather than, like, in other words, they have friends who could stay there for free and house it for them. And kind of. I mean, we don't know the relationship. What if it's, like, friend of a friend who's connected with you on Facebook or something? You know what I mean? So, like, I know them, but I don't know them enough to ask to yeah, use their maybe. place. Yeah, maybe. You're right. I just want to I could see them. that happening. But I do think what's kind of weird is they were like, um, we, 
I'm so violated. My friend stayed at my house. Yeah, when can you believe that? I wanted a, I wanted a stranger. <laughs> well, they don't yeah. know the guy from Trusted House Sitters. If it was my friend, here's what I would have done. I they, they called the police. I don't know if I would call them. What do they do? Are they suing him? What are they doing? They had the friends change their locks. That's smart. And, and then their friends stayed there and called the police. But the police were like, hmm, what do you want us to do? Yeah, there really isn't anything that you can do because it's probably tough because essentially because they get out of the hotel sort of business is they make, uh, you know, um, Airbnb is going to want to say like, that's your problem because you're essentially just, they're con- it's not Airbnb though, right? Whatever, whoever it is, you're essentially just let someone stay in your house. Right. So th- he didn't break in and do this. You gave him the keys to your house. So, yeah. is there really a lot Oh, but there's that? some breaking news, Joey. Um, also, the blankets that they put on the back of the couches for the cats had been removed, and they still can't find their laptop charger, so. Uh, get the, Dragnet, get this guy under arrest. Yeah. And, as you said, the cardboard cutout of Neil, Neil? N-I-A-L-L from One Direction had been moved. Someone had taken it out of the living room and put it in the garage. <laughs> they were really upset. Yeah, no one puts he. But he's gonna get cold in there. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I I really do think though. On the surface, what the story is is we wanted a stranger to watch our house. We got our friend. Our friends were there instead, and someone made money off of it, and we're pissed. Well, yeah, I would just you know I would just be lesson learned. But you know these kind of douchey guys who live in the Bay Area, who live in San Francisco, right? Like, yeah. You got to think about this. What kind of just it's so expensive in San Francisco to have a lifestyle where you have an apartment big enough to do this or a place big enough and you're going to Burning Man and you do all this nonsense. There's probably a high probability of douchebaggery in them. Right? Because right. to me, I would just take it as lesson learned. Thank God it was our friend. We're never going to use that company again. And we're never going to, we're going to, you know, give us that money guy. You know, I might, I might file a complaint with Airbnb. I don't know if I'd call the police. Right. Does that make sense? Um, and I think part of their uh, upset was that they were, um, the Airbnb's response was kind of like, well, okay, we'll suspend his profile. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. But, but what, what can the they friends- do? Well, the friends are the friends who called them immediately. Why didn't they call Airbnb and say, "Hey, Airbnb, we're at our friend's house." They like, tell them the story and be like, "We're not going to pay you." Like, there's so many ways around this. Yeah, but it's just so like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have a controversial episode this week. Where, I, but I did want to talk shit on gay people. This seems very gay. So I have to say. Okay. Well, what's up in LA? Start there. Okay. Good, good call, Mike Lawson. Yeah. Um, hold on. Open it. Should I open a new story? Um, anything going on with like a Qatari prince? Yes, I'm trying to open that story. Maybe one who like claimed diplomatic immunity after being stopped yes. by police over supercar racing allegations, yes. and he was shocked to find out that he does not have diplomatic immunity. Mike, Qatari speeding chic flees U.S. after cops reject diplomatic immunity claim over a race car race. A Qatari prince who tried to claim diplomatic immunity after being stopped by police over supercar racing allegations was shocked to find out that he does not have it. Sheikh Khalid bin Hamad Khatani from Qatar's ruling family fled America. 
after he was investigated by officers who are reportedly speeding through stop signs and racing past pedestrians in his yellow Ferrari. Los Angeles police said that Altani told them he had diplomatic immunity, which would have seen him bypass punishment in the U.S. But after officers investigated further, they realized the allegedly speeding Sheikh did not have immunity. Footage of what police be believed to be El is Altani daringly driving through a Beverly Hills neighborhood was uploaded to social media. The video shows the yellow Ferrari collide with a white Porsche and speed through a neighborhood, eventually causing vehicle's engine to burn out. Police Chief Dominic Rivet said that Altani would be punished because Los Angeles will apply the law regardless of who you are, who you know, and where you are from. However, before officers could arrest Altani, allegedly fled the country. Mike Lawson, my question to you. Have you ever performed any kind of drag racing or claimed diplomatic immunity? <laughs> Neither. Um, I saw the video and I just thought it was douchey and dumb. And then the whole diplomatic immunity thing, does that really exist? Like you it's can so just funny. do anything? It's so funny because I, believe it or not, in college, I uh, studied this extensively. So I happen to know a lot about, not a lot, but I happen to know more than the average person about diplomatic immunity. And the truth of the matter is it's actually very, very interesting. The short answer is yes. Okay. So, like, there's certain people from other countries that could come and just do anything? Generally ambassadors. But there's... So, yes. Technically, yes. But here's the thing. it's So, it's to protect our people as well. In theory, our people as well go to other countries and they can do anything well. So, that you don't want to be able to say Putin goes, well, we're arresting your people, you know, because mm -hmm. they're here. You want, to have their, you want to have their safety guaranteed while they're in another country. The problem is... So, the way it works in State Department relations is... It's sort of expected, though. There's sort of like a weird game that's played. If something serious happens or anything that they break the law, yes, it is sort of like we can't do anything, but it's expected that the that the state that the country's representing will handle it. Does that make sense? And yeah. it's such an embarrassment to the other country that they usually generally do. Now, in very serious cases where it's murder, it's sort of expected as well that the host country will then, they can rescind the diplomatic community. They can take it back, right? And say, this person, we, we reject his diplomatic community. Go ahead, have your fun. And it, it is a very, very um, delicate relationship the State Department has with any of these countries. And there have been cases where, like, the countries, yeah, there was actually a case where somebody was murdered and we and uh, we couldn't do anything about it. So in those situations, generally, what the, what the, the, the worst the country can do is kick them out. You can kick huh. them out, but you just can't prosecute them. But like I said, there are cases. So the expectation is when that happens is that let's say the Qatari, what? So either the Qatari people would handle it themselves and punish him by the laws of his country, or would then in this case uh, remove his diplomatic immunity if he had diplomatic immunity. Now, but, getting to the video, yeah. he wasn't really speeding, even was he? Well, I feel like he just drove through a stop sign. He was speeding, but my thinking too is with this diplomatic community thing. I think it's. I think there might be some sort of Middle Eastern phobia here, Islamophobia, because he did say like "fuck America," and yes, it was obnoxious. But Justin Bieber's done the same thing, you know. It's, <laughs> it's not like so. Like I think it's douchey, but like even they were saying like the worst punishment he would have gotten was a ticket, right? You know. So it's one of these things where like. I think if the State Department, let's say he did have diplomatic community, I think the State Department would have called Qatar and been like, dude, really? Get your people under but control. But going like back, though, they wouldn't give him a ticket, though, unless a cop was there to see it. 
A cop's not going to yeah. watch a video he sees on Facebook and then issue a ticket to yeah, someone. Yeah, that's what they were saying as well. They were saying, like, they, there was nothing really the cops could do anyway. I think people just got really mad about him saying, fuck America, and, like... Yeah, the fuck America part was probably hard. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know. It's well, a now silly story, but it Now he is later. in real trouble, so I guess it is a felony to claim diplomatic immunity when you don't have it. So oh, now really? that's... That, yeah, so that's why they were going to arrest him, was for a felony... Um, uh, I don't know what the actual charge is, but for, for claiming diplomatic immunity when he didn't have it. But he's gone. He's gone. What I don't understand, though, is why, and this is where I don't understand, is uh, why couldn't they arrest him? Because the diplomatic immunity means he can't be prosecuted in this country. But why couldn't they arrest him until they figure out what they're going to do? Does that make sense? And then release him once everything's settled. Wouldn't you do that first? Yeah, but doesn't that make it the diplomatic immunity? No, because it just means he can't be prosecuted. Yeah, but I mean, but going back to your uh, oh, Putin's see. arresting a ru- uh, people in Russia, like they could just arrest him and be like, "Oh, you have diplomatic immunity. We're working it out." Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so know. it's one of the, my my parents were really upset about it. My dad was like, oh, this is a, this is an outrage. I would say, for God, fuck a diplomatic immunity, you know, and <laughs> um, and. Uh, but I would say, no, it's actually very important because it, it, it saves our people, too. And again, like, again, I could understand the outrage if he, like, raped and murdered somebody, you know? But he was just speed- <laughs> speeding. <laughs> We're not going to jeopardize 200 years of, uh, of U.S. State Department policy because the guy was speeding in his Lamborghini. Right. Um, okay, Joey, I have a story that's really important. There's one major aspect um, to the story, I know you try not to get on the internet, so I text you the picture that goes along with the story. Um, we did not talk about the story when it originally happened. It was big news up here, though, in Vallejo. Uh, this lady named Denise Huskins, mm-hmm. she's a Vallejo woman who um, claimed to be kidnapped, um, and the story was ridiculous. And... Uh, then the media was all over her about her, how her and her husband lied about this fake kidnapping. Um, and then it turns out that she actually was legitimately kidnapped Joey back in March Mm -hmm. by this like crazy guy who confessed. Um, now she's filing a claim against the city of Vallejo and its police department for dismissing her case as a hoax. Um, it was in national news that they had hoaxed everyone with this kidnapping. Yeah. I remember Do you the remember story. the story? Yeah, I remember the story. And the main reason I want to talk about it is because the husband is smoking hot. 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 I, smoking my, I hot. I opened the picture when you were talking, and I didn't want to shout. When yeah. you, I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this fucking story. And then we're going to talk about how fucking hot is the husband. So the kidnapping was admittedly bizarre from the start with a strangely... the husband. The strangely low ransom demand and the victim, Huskins, turned up unharmed two days later at her parents' house in Southern California. I want to say like in Lakewood or something. Uh, Vallejo Police Lieutenant Kenny Park subsequently gave a news conference in which he said, and this is a quote, no evidence to support the claims that this was a stranger abduction or an abduction at all. He said that the alleged kidnapping appears to be an orchestrated event. Um, these two people like went through it too, because, um, I think in the news media, they were calling it like, they were comparing it to Gone Girl because it was like in March, it was like still relevant. What? Don't spoil Gone Girl for me. No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) Um, Ben Affleck killed her. And then the news. Oh, that's, oh, what? 
the news media um, heard the details. This was kind of just a juicy story because it was like such a ridiculous thing. Um, they described a gang of gentlemen criminals, an elaborate keep, uh, plan, and uh, they everyone was really quick to call it a hoax. Um, even Nancy Grace had this had her say on it, uh, which makes it real. And then we learned in July that, in fact, Huskins and her boyfriend had not been lying. They did have their home invaded. And the suspect in the case, Matthew Mueller, had allegedly invaded another home uh, in Dublin, which is up here near me, and dropped his cell phone. And he has since been arrested, and he admitted to acting alone. He suffered from all these delusions, bipolar disorder as well. And this means that Vallejo Police Lieutenant Kenny Park has to eat crow, and not surprisingly, Huskins, the woman in the case, hired an attorney, and she's planning on filing a lawsuit. Joe, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hot is this guy? Uh, well, it's just one picture. I don't like the either facial hair or shadow on his lip. He's going to get some points down for that. I'm going to give him a 7. Very solid 7, almost an 8. Yeah, he's really hot. This um story, if they said that they found out in July that um, they weren't lying, um, I would say probably right around then is when um, they were on 2020. And um, I remember thinking at the time, like, damn, this guy is really hot. Oh, okay. So it's not just a good picture. No, he's really hot. And um, the the whole story, the ransom note that they wrote, they mm-hmm. were demanding $8,500 to get her back, which was kind of the weird that, – that's what made the story a little bit weird too. Like yeah. why such a little number? Um, but I guess something about it being under – there's like a $10,000 federal reporting threshold and they thought like, oh, somebody could withdraw $8,500 and not – I don't know. I, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So. Hmm. Um, well, look, I, I'm sure I was one of those people that if you told the story on the show, I said she, it, it sounded like a hoax. And like, she had some weird history too, right? Where that sort of supported the hoax theory. Well, um, I don't remember that exactly. Like she had a history of depression or mental illness or something. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, there was something that I remember, I remember there being some sort of like extenuating circumstance where you're like, no, this bitch is totally faking. Or she was like spoiled or something. It was something crazy that you were like, oh, this bitch is totally faking it. I remember thinking she faked it. And well, what was weird too is they like taped her up into a trunk and drove her all the way to so- Southern California, um, whatever city that was in. And then like, basically untied her and dropped her off like a block from her parents house so everyone's like wait what like they just conveniently drop you off next to your parents house and everything's fine so i understand why it's weird but also like um um orangevale california south like i can't remember i can't remember where the the parents live down there near you oh huntington beach oh yeah i know huntington beach Yeah, yeah yeah So, um, I remember thinking it's all weird, but also, like, is this because we, like, does she deserve money for pain and suffering over all of this at the hands of the police? No. No. The police went on the news and said, like, she's a crazy person. Oh, did they? This is all framed. There's nothing to see here. She made this up. And then now, you know, like, what happens after that? Is there pain and suffering from that? Like... 
I don't know what she was doing from work for work before this, but is she still doing that? Is that changed? It's is- tricky here because we ha- it, that's it'd be tricky for a jury to determine this, and I'll tell you why. One, because the police were acting in the capacity of their job. If it's the best information, you can't expect people to you, the police. You can't expect the people to be omniscient. You can only you can only fault them for negligence if they can if they can prove or at least what through a preponderance of the evidence that there was extreme negligence on the part of the police department then okay she might have a case one two unfortunately it becomes because something so tragic as a kidnapping if you think about it imagine being kidnapped and tied up in a i mean that is an extremely extremely traumatic event for anybody okay yeah. So since that happened, how are you going to show that that pales in comparison to someone saying you were faking it? At the end of the day, you might have to say, well, how do we differentiate the mental and, and damage from the, the kidnapping from the, the idea of being falsely accused of a crime? I'll give you an example here, actually, using the story I had from earlier. is So there, it's still happening, actually. It's slowed down a little bit, but I get a ton ton of um, uh, notifications about um, uh, getting a, a comment on my YouTube page. There's a ton of comments. Oh, yeah. Now, and any other YouTube All of video, them are about uh, Donald Trump? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, on these YouTube videos, you know, if it was just something I posted for my friends and I got like a, hey, you fucking fat beaner, go to fucking die, it would really bother me, right? Yeah. But n- now that I got paid... I'm like, so people actually do write horrible shit. Like, oh, this guy's yeah. a fake. YouTube's fucking... actually, YouTube comments are the worst. Yeah. And I, I see the little comment from time to time. I was like, hmm, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't care. It's the same thing here. Like, if I had been through a traumatic event, like being kidnapped, that the police said I had faked it wouldn't be, it, it would hurt. But I, I don't know how you, how you, you'd prove that separated from the traumatic event from uh kidnapping that that that, like how do you how do you show how much damage has been done how do you differentiate that i'm just thinking about in terms of like if i was a juror uh a rural juror how would i say well this uh, how much damage she gets from that right well if any of you come across it on 2020 it's worth watching because it shows a story from all the sites plus um as we said the guy's smoking hot so Um, I'm trying to find other pictures of him to text you, but they're showing like the same photo of that same press conference is like, it's so funny. So Richard doesn't listen to this show. Yeah. And so I went to go see my text messages from you. Yeah. And Richard wrote to me, I just went to Belcampo Meat Company and there is the hottest Latino guy working there. (laughs) Oh my God, Joe, you got to come see him. And I'm like, oh, bitch. We've already talked about We've that. We've been there, done that five months ago. You know, like, I know. I told my guy, I know who that is. And he's like, what? So anyway, but on with the show. It's a case of life imitating art after Emmy winner Andre Both tried to stab to death his tenant, who he first met on the set of a film they both worked on. According to police, the actor-producer who was born in Colombia stabbed actor Clayton Hames in the lung in Studio City, California on September 8th after he and several roommates made fun of Bouth, whose real name is Andre Salaman Batista, for insisting he was going to someday take home five Oscars. The strange case started when Bouth acted in and produced a film called a landlord about a Colombian man who rents out rooms in his home to several tenants, but then murders several of them. (laughs) 
it shocked myself and we were all in disbelief because it looked too much like we had been written. Louis de La Fuente, one of the win- writers on El Landlord, tells RadarOnline.com in an exclusive interview. De La Fuente also reveals that Bouth did seem to get too involved in the character and used the film as a way to exercise some of his own demons. We did speak with the producer many times and he admitted that making the film was a way for him to get rid of the negativity he experienced in his own life. According to De La Fuente, Bouth attacked 23-year-old Hames after they went out drinking and returned home, where Hames and Bouth's other tenants joked about his Oscar dream. Well, People around him laughed and scoffed at his remarks and he took it personal. And in the heat of the moment, an altercation started and escalated to him chasing him in with a knife into a room, reveals De La Fuente to Radar. He does seem to be sensitive when people make ref... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go he on does seem, he, <laughs> I think he's sensitive he does seem to be sensitive when people make references to his personal dreams <laughs> he does seem to be sensitive when people make references to his personal dreams and goals Boo Hecker who Los Angeles police have charged with attempted murder remained at large why'd you call him that oh I'm sorry Bouth who Los Angeles police have charged with attempted murder remained at large okay Okay. this reminds me ironically there's a person that you and I both know um, I know him a little bit better than you do who wrote bad movie scripts for a while and I think he's given that up Um, but one of his movies was about this guy who writes these little like um, things where they would go to like places where famous people died Uh and then when they were there they would reenact them and all the people started dying for real during them. That's actually, not a, that's actually not a bad idea, to be honest with you. Probably <laughs> just poorly written. I would I would say, oh, you're talking about me. And then I oh, would no. say, like, uh-huh. I wasn't. I know, but i like, well, only one of us has a viral video. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, that's an awful story. It is an awful story. But he's like, he, he hasn't been caught, right? No, he's still on the large, but uh, De La Fuente thinks he's going to turn himself in. Yeah, because he'll, or he'll just show up for an audition one day, and they're like, (laughs) we're doing an audition as a prison scene. It's like a weird (laughs) Hamlet. Yeah. (laughs) They put on a whole fake movie. Yeah. And like, "Uh, yeah, we're looking for a a movie where a guy turns himself in, and then he'll do it. Life imitating art. What do you got going on next week, Mike Lawson? Well, I'm going to San Diego on Saturday for work. Um, I'm just going to be there for the day. Uh, Not really looking forward to it, actually. And um, that's kind of it. We're having a party at our house on Saturday when I'm gone, Mm -hmm. which sucks because I won't. Maybe when I get home, there will still be some stuff happening, but Mm -hmm. I'll probably be tired. Um, It's for like a moon. The moon festival or something what the fuck that's for the moon it's something chinese i don't really know um that's happening at my house though if anyone's interested let me know and that's pretty much it i've got just a lot of like work stuff happening but uh what about you what's going on with you i literally have nothing scheduled for next week good i really do think that your best stories come from those because when you're like i have x event and y event then yeah. your stories end up being like, the event started at 6 p.m. and 
This happened at the yeah. event. Next. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We, we've often said that before. All right. Well, we, we did a long episode. You're going to either edit some of this out or it's going to well, be a long one. Well, you know it's going to be a long one. But you know what's strange is, yeah, apart from a few coughs and stuff here and there, there's not really much to edit out. It'll probably go down a couple of minutes and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and um, your Uber driver that you don't want to talk about, his real name is... Now we have more stuff to cut out. Yeah. All right, Joey. Nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.